Hello, Blanket Fort besties, and welcome back to the podcast that had three weeks of technical difficulties. I'm Wit. I'm Rachel. I'll go by Rach. I'm Gabe. This is Blanket Fort Books Podcast. Oh my gosh, it's been so long since we've done this that I feel like I forget how to record. I feel like we were on summer vacation, but it was winter and yeah, just COVID. We are also recording remotely now, so we are in separate homes. It's very sad. I miss my friends. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty sad. It's and pretty complicated. It is thoroughly <laughs> difficult. But we should be good now. <laughs> and today's episode is very exciting. Um, This is our book club episode where we're going to be discussing On the Edge of Gone by Corinne Duvis. There will be a section at the beginning that will be non-spoilery and then we will go into spoilers and give you all a little warning so you don't get spoiled because it's a good book and you shouldn't. But first, Mm -hmm. Gabe, what have you been into in the last few weeks since we've last spoken? Well, I've I've spoken to you. (laughs) The thing I've been into is extremely... I just have to talk about it because I'm just so amused. Not everyone's going to even care. So there is a series on YouTube um, that I want to talk about. Is it Salad Fingers? Um, (laughs) No. It should be. First, so first off, to set up some context for this one, in 1998, uh, Valve Corporation released a video game titled Half-Life which is a first-person shooter classic, well-respected, well-loved. Basically, you play as a silent protagonist in a destroy, like a just a terrible secret science lab full of destruction. And basically, you're equipped with a crowbar, and basically everything's going wrong, and aliens are coming out of portals and stuff. And you silently explore while shooting aliens and eventually soldiers and solving little environmental puzzles along the way. So it's a pretty simple game. Um, The YouTube series I want to talk about, it's a different take on Half-Life. And the way that it's done, it's called Freeman's Mind. Um, Anyone familiar with this probably was into YouTube like in the mid-2000s. This, it's kind of hard to describe. So basically, some guy who's hilarious and sounds like the piggy bank from Toy Story... I don't remember what his name is. (laughs) Um, Basically played through the game and his commentary of with the game, he pretends to be the player character, Gordon Freeman. And that's why it's called Freeman's Mind, because it's basically he does a voiceover over the gameplay that sounds like Gordon Freeman's inner monologue. But it's kind of like a parody of the game. So it kind of turns into a comedy. And using a few cheats here and there, it turns it into like a cinematic first person experience. So when like there they go by like eight minute episodes and it was I imagine it took tons of time to write and to, I guess, coordinate because it would be really hard to get the game to play exactly as you would want it to in this like cinematic comedic way. Um, but it's just super entertaining. Like, even if you don't know anything about Half-Life, it's basically just watching a first-person comedy series that's just hilarious. Um, only thing I'm going to say is that it began in 2007, so we got some questionable, outdated language here and there. <laughs> um, 
that you would expect from the gaming community in 2007. So you would have to be able to overlook some of that um, early on, but it's just so funny. And the reason I got into it again is because I remember watching it when I was like 12 or something and being disappointed that it was unfinished. And I kind of just thought about it again recently. And I was like, wait, did they ever finish that? And I looked it up and it looks like they did. And I was like, oh my God. And they finished it in 2014, <laughs> 2007 to 2014. Oh and so you can watch, you can watch the entire playthrough of the video game Half-Life with this hilarious voiceover inner monologue. And I would just highly recommend, like, I am just addicted. Like, I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> So that sounds really fun. That's like, just watch like the first part and you'll be hooked. Like, I promise. <laughs> that's that's what that. I'm into. That's very cool. But there is a question on everyone's mind. Oh, Everyone yes. has been on the edge of their seats. I actually am waiting. on the edge of my seat. All right. What is What's, what's your hear. question? What's your question? Everyone needs to know how you feel about Ariana Grande this week. We're talking about her album positions right like yeah but also just kind of in general so um <laughs> i i'm not sure if i finished listening to positions all the way through oh my God. i may have finished it I'm and fallen asleep just throw it out there that you're just never gonna actually finish it yeah everyone's waiting i don't think it's gonna happen it's been like three months, two months. Like I think about months. it and I, I see it on my Spotify, but you know, I'm just going through it really slowly. So, so I'm going to assume that it's like your favorite album of the year. Um, the title track positions <laughs> is a bop. Um, mm -hmm. Aside from that, I can't recall any other song at the moment um 34 35 is a bop too both of you are speaking a different language i don't remember what that sounds like <laughs> but okay well, i will investigate you have some homework for next i will investigate and get back to you okay rachel what you been well, into girl well your girl's been into podcasts but yes good because ask? you have one it's true <laughs> I don't listen to this one, though. It's that bad. Yes. Okay, I'll start listening, re-listening. <laughs> but, no, I've really been into My Brother, My Brother and Me, Mubim Bam. For those of you who are unaware, this is a podcast that would basically go over um, different questions sent into them from Yahoo Answers, from Formspring at the time, through Gmail. And oh, my God, Formspring. And they get a told number so you can call and like leave a message. Um, and they give advice, uh, which is horrible advice, which is why it's hilarious. Um, pretty much anytime someone has a relationship conundrum, their advice is do pack your bags and move away. And it makes me laugh every time. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just really funny. There's three brothers being ridiculous and... Yeah, that's what I've been into. That's what gets me through my driving time and don't want to get out of bed time and cleaning the kitchen time. Nice. There's all of my time. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you keep recommending that and I really want to listen to it, but I haven't gotten around. 
Well, you need to get around. There's only like, I don't know, over 400 episodes. Oh my gosh. I've got enough material for a long time. They are active. That's amazing. What have you been into? Um, Thank you so much for asking. Um, What I've been into is a movie that I have been watching literally on repeat. What? Cannot stop. Um, (laughs) And that is the... Well, a couple weeks ago, I told you guys that I read Little Women, and I hadn't seen the movie yet, and I watched the 2019 adaptation directed by Greta Gerwig, the queen herself, and... I watched it for the first time like two weeks ago, and since then I've seen it like 25 times. I cannot stop. I don't know why. It's a comfort movie now, but it is so incredible. (laughs) It has everyone. Meryl Streep is in it. Rachel, you are in it. I'm in it? Oh. Oh, that's right. And such a blast. We've got film, really. It was just extraordinary. Anyway, not about me. It's like the most talented white people in Hollywood. Just all of them. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. I love but it. it's I would so, so good. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend. Yeah, I have I love anything historical. Little Woman film? Um, I think so. I haven't seen any other adaptations, but I feel like there's been a lot. But I could be wrong. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a bunch of those classics that everyone studies in high school or middle school. Yeah. That all have films that I would love. I do love all of them. Yeah. The 2005 Pride and Prejudice is, like, my all-time favorite movie, my comfort movie, and this is, like, Mm -hmm. the same level. It's so good. It's, like, the same vibe, and, like, you just can't beat it. It's amazing. It's just, it's amazing. I, like, jumped in real, like, at a weird time of Wuthering Heights to the movie, I haven't seen I've that. I've never seen. I don't even know what it is. No, me neither. I think I might be confusing it with another one, but I did see Wuthering Heights, but maybe I saw all of Wuthering Heights. You know what? I got some movie catch-ups to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is kind of pathetic. No, we don't know any classics. None. I know them. I just don't know which ones they are because I've seen <laughs> them and confused them all. <laughs> He's me. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I just referenced Radio Free Roscoe before we started this. We know the classics. I, oh my gosh. I didn't Radio Free Roscoe. I think I watched like that two just episodes unlocked a memory ever. in my brain. I feel like I aspire to loved that show to be them. Yeah. So good. Yeah, absolutely. I forget the premise, but Yeah, me too. I feel like when show. I watched that I was like, oh, I'm gonna name my firstborn son Roscoe. <laughs> There's still time. There is. <laughs> oh, geez. But speaking of media, we read a book. We did read a book. Oh, yeah. We, almost, we deserve a pat on the back. I almost forgot three. about the book. <laughs> yeah. Well, the book we read is On the Edge of Gone by Corinne Duvis. I did not look up how to say that last name, and I have just been assuming ever since I bought it. I think you should apologize. But I hope that's correct. I think it's doofus. I think we should just I'm sorry. Is it not correct? I don't know. Just apologize. I'm sorry. (laughs) I think it's doofus. It could be really wrong. Doofus. Well, I don't know. You didn't look it up either. No, I didn't. So just apologize. Gabe. 
I know. did apologize. I'm so <laughs> sorry. You are getting mad at me for being problematic, and you don't even know if I'm being problematic. Yeah, but just in ca- like, a, you just have to. Well, I am so sorry. I think it's a lovely name. There, there you I go. Just didn't look it up. There you go. Okay. Well, we're gonna move on, and well, I'm gonna read the back stop? of the book for everyone. Oh wait, no, you oh, go. Okay. Oh, I was just gonna say. Speaking of names that we don't know how to say, how about every single name in this book? <laughs> what? I um, found a hard time couple. with everybody's character names. I was like, I just didn't. Oh, know. oh, I didn't know how to say um, like Ankh, like Max's mom. But that was Anke. Ankh, Anke. I don't know. I have no idea. Um. Anyway, so I'm gonna read the back of the book real quick before we get into it. So. January 29th, 2035. That's the day the comet is scheduled to hit. Denise and her mother and sister Iris have been assigned to a temporary shelter near their hometown of Amsterdam to wait out the blast. But Iris is nowhere to be found, and Denise is worried they won't reach the shelter in time. Then a last-minute encounter leads them to something better than a temporary shelter, a generation ship that's scheduled to leave Earth behind and colonize new worlds after the comet hits. But each passenger must have a practical skill to contribute. Since Denise is autistic, she fears that she'll never be allowed to stay. Can she obtain a spot before the ship takes flight? And when the future of the human race is at stake, whose lives matter most? Before we jump into it, in one word, Gabe, what was your opinion on the book? Why are you asking me? I just want you to say it real quick. Um, Page Turner. That was a two-worder, but okay. Whitney? Um, Unexpected. Rachel? Mine was meh. Okay. That's not a word. Well, Gabe is a two-worder. And I can spell I feel meh. Like, I feel like page turners hyphenated, so it can be one word. Okay, well. I disagree with both of you. <laughs> well, let's you don't think with. the book was a page turner? No, I thought it was kind of a slog to get through. I wouldn't call it a page turner because there was no, like, it wasn't plot driven at all. It wasn't. Well, I just, which I is, couldn't. Which is not a bad thing. It was like a book of mini games. Yeah, I can I can see that. I just felt like I like I was just getting through it so fast, and I, it was like an easy read. Like I was just going. Like yeah, some books, definitely... like I get easily distracted, but that one was like I just just going, and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just read a hundred pages in one sitting, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. So first, the what needs to be mentioned is the um, diversity in this book. And I cannot wait for the day in the future that diversity in books does not need to be pointed out because every book is diverse, but it's sadly kind of a rarity these days. Um, yeah, that was... But the ref- what? I was just saying, I was agreeing, yep. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, the representation was, like, absolutely incredible. Like, there was like so much um so the main character denise denise there's no t at the end um she is mixed race um and autistic there is a bisexual trans side character um there is tons of gay muslim jewish representation there's mentions of down syndrome polyamory 
Um, and there is a little person representation as well as um, addiction. And it was crazy good. Like it was like the representation like cannot be beat. Amazing. Yeah, I, don't, I can't say it was ever beat by anything that I can think of. <laughs> yeah, especially I feel like in young adult. I mean, I think it's getting it's getting better. Um, there are a lot more um, black authors being published and a lot more like I think publishers are looking for diversity a lot more, but it's still it's still not where it should be. And this book should be the bar because <laughs> it was crazy good in terms of representation i feel like it must have been like a deliberate choice though because that wasn't a very long book and it felt jam-packed with diversity to the point where it was like you you wouldn't you would have to like know in advance and plan i mean that's how a book's written obviously (laughs) (laughs) um but it just yeah like sometimes i was like some it was great because i would sometimes just forget I would stop acknowledging the diversity in in like a good way because it was like not the point of the story. It was just there. Um, while other times I was kind of like, like, um, the, like the down syndrome moment, I guess kind of felt uh-huh. like it was, it was just like, I don't want to say lip service, but it was like literally a sentence and didn't, like, I don't like, I don't know. I, that part just kind of made me, it irked me in a way. Cause I was just like, it didn't need to be there. And it felt like it was just there to make me feel bad. And I was like, oh, and, but the yeah, rest of it was, yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I just thought like most of it though, it was, it was really well done. It was not the focus. It was handled very tastefully, especially, um, the, all of the, the adorable and the, I think the most emotionally potent part of the book for me was Denise's relationship with her sister Iris. And that was handled so well. And I, yeah, that, that, that was like really the, the part that stuck with me. Yeah. The respect that they both had for each other was like so beautiful. And I really loved that. And I think like there were certain things like the mentions of like polyamory and the Muslim side characters and things like that, that were so casual that I like absolutely loved it. Like, Mm -hmm. um, like it was just like, oh yeah, this is completely normal, which is how it should be. Like, especially the mention of polyamory when I read that part, like it was just brushed off. It was like one sentence and I was like, amazing. Nobody even questioned it. It wasn't a big thing. It just exists. And we love that. And it wasn't there for drama. That's Not something at all. we can appreciate. Yes, absolutely. Rachel? I really like the way that it was explained in detail, just because it was from the point of view of Denise, who um, is autistic. Um, just the way it was described of like the just her surroundings and mm-hmm. how she absolutely. experiences everything. I think yeah. for me, that was an eye-opener. Because, I mean, of course, it's always explained you know, these are symptoms and these are, you know, the ways that people with autism can feel in certain situations. But like, you know, if you don't have it, it's hard to understand. So just reading a book from that perspective, I thought was really interesting. Yeah, the the author is autistic, actually, if I don't know if it says that anywhere, Mm. but I went to her Twitter. So I know that. 
Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Um, and I've read a few books with an autistic main character because that's something that I actively seek out. Um, but this is the first book that I've read with an autistic main character who stims. And I thought that was, like, incredible. Like, it it was so well done. And obviously, because um, Corinne Dubis is autistic herself, she has that experience. She's writing from personal experience. Um, but it's not, like, the the awful trope of, like like, autistic people just, like... Like, how do I word it? Gabe, you know the trope I'm talking about. Yeah, like, um, where, you know, I, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't just be limited to autism, obviously, but where that was, like, where it would be, like, yeah. a debilitating thing that she would have to overcome in order to, you know, succeed. That's not what was happening in this book at all. It was, like... Yeah. It was not... It was just something that was a part of her and that had to be accepted and... um and things that's not what the book was about that it was just a thing and it was it and, and it was like because the book is written in first person the beautiful ways uh, in descriptive ways that she was able to sort of you know piece it together so clearly so everyone who, like you would be able to like anyone could understand how like yeah. what she was saying like the way the sensations and um her thought process it was like i was just like wow like this feels like it was written by like a real like this character is a real person that just wrote like an autobiography <laughs> because it just felt so specific yeah i completely agree and like the representations of um autistic people in the media that we often get are um first of all like nine out of ten times men like even when they were doing tests on how to diagnose autism like back in the day all of the tests were done on men there's like rarely female representation and the symptoms are so different between men and women um but the the um the representation we usually get are like sheldon coopers and like Uh. that's so shitty so shitty and this being written by an actual autistic person like it was just so well done. Like, I could talk about this forever. And I also liked that um, there was another autistic character in the book that wasn't mentioned too much, but briefly mentioned, who showed her symptoms very, very differently and was just, like, a completely different person because everyone with autism obviously is not exactly the same. It's a spectrum. <laughs> we know that. But it's not like a like a linear spectrum. It's like a circular spectrum. So like some um, like some symptoms are going to be worse than others. It's not just like low functioning to high functioning. Like that doesn't exist. But it really like I don't know. It was really, really good the way that mm-hmm. it just like addressed everything about that. I absolutely loved that. I feel like I'm talking forever. Feel free to cut me off. A lot of notes. (laughs) Like, I'm just agreeing, honestly. Um, One thing I would be, I would just be kind of thinking about, like, I don't know if this, like, imagine this story told from a neurotypical point of view. What would we have? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. (laughs) So that was one of the the problems that I had with the book is um, the plot left something to be desired. Mm -hmm, Um, Mm hmm. Because there really wasn't much of a plot aside from like what 
what is in the synopsis. It's very, very character-driven, and I love character-driven books. I prefer characters over plot. However, in a sci-fi novel that is literally like the end of the world, you want some action. (laughs) It's Um, true. I felt like it was... Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was just going to say, like, it's... I feel like it skirted around the action a couple times, because, like, it is jam-packed with a lot of stuff that happens but it's mostly like conversations and like then i went there and then i went here Mm -hmm. sort of thing and it like jumped around a lot which left me a little just a tiny bit disoriented sometimes it wasn't major but i feel like you know there were times where it was just like oh and suddenly i was back here and i'm like oh okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) like this easily could have been 700 pages if it wanted to be i don't think it should have been but like um, yeah it could have been but i also sorry i i I can't really imagine it any other way though because i feel like that might have just made it boring if we really had every painstaking detail painted out it's just that sometimes it made like it broke the realism for me because it seemed like there were so many little struggles that uh denise and the other characters would go through like with injuries and things and then suddenly it would jump several hours and mm. they would have accomplished multiple feats of like getting from point A to point B. And I'd be like, oh, yeah. that just mm-hmm. seems there were a lot of things where I was just like, why this doesn't make sense. But I'm it's this, this is a work of fiction set in the future. So I'm going to excuse it. Mm. <laughs> you know, I felt that many times, many times. I felt like there were a couple times where like without spoiling too much like the first time she gets her arm injury at that point I was like okay it's going to be one of those like it's just going to be like physical challenge physical challenge emotional struggle struggle physical challenge (laughs) it was just going to be kind of one of those things until we get to the end um and then I don't want to go into too much spoilers before we get to the second half here but then it's like a couple pages later where the person that um Denise is looking for kind of there yeah um which yeah yeah, that's something i wanted to mention too in the spoilers that was (laughs) let's yeah let's say maybe like yeah save that but that was there were just i have a lot of questions but that are trivial by the end of the story like some parts a lot of the times it just didn't matter like how they got there it was just like oh well this happened and that's just how it is kind of thing and i was just like oh okay my suspension of disbelief i'm really just grasping a hold of it because that's how i can enjoy this book and i did and i i grasped i just went along for the ride and you know by the end i was like okay this it felt very like you know graphic novel-y it was like Mm. you know it wasn't it wasn't like super serious um like realistic down to the gritty details it was like you know it it was telling you these yeah. characters stories with emotionally driven situations and I that feel was like in, it in some parts there were like it was like there was a lot of build-up and then it's like i was writing it and then i was like i'm tired let's just get there now yeah. <laughs> well you know yeah, what it, it was like the ends of chapters though every time i was like oh my gosh that's a cliffhanger oh man a couple to be like (gasps) like sometimes i was like yeah Yeah. stop here there were a couple times though (laughs) i'll save it for spoilers but there were a couple times where i had to literally close the book for a second because i was like no 
I was either it was either oh, because I was like oh, me too. I was I was either like oh my god like that is so either not far-fetched but it was like that's ridiculous but there were also times I closed the book because the situations were just a little like they were just so juicy and I was like oh that's uncomfortable I don't want to know what happens next but in a good way in a good way I was like oh that's awkward oh I can't look I can't look at the next page <laughs> yes <laughs> Um, so when I went into this book, based on the synopsis, I was kind of expecting like a 2013 YA dystopian novel. Like it the been. government yeah. is going to, yeah, the government is going to handle this so shitty and everything's going to go to crap mm-hmm. and we're going to have the chosen one trope and all that. But it was really like more like of a survival story not just with like everyone trying to survive the comet and like find a place to live but with Denise adapting to a completely new situation and um also just like learning to speak up to it for herself and set her boundaries and um kind of learn how to make the world work for her and I loved that part I really really liked that because it was kind of like Yes, there's this huge thing happening, like the world is literally ending, but also like um, Denise is having so many like internal struggles Mm -hmm. and it's like a completely different different situation for her than it would be for someone who was like neurotypical. So I really, really liked that aspect of it. Yeah. Um, I liked that it wasn't a dystopian. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like the government was like fine, like they suck still, but they're like fine. I feel like there could be a continuation that would turn it into a dystopian series. I mean, I'm kind of... Yeah, I think this... I'm kind of attached, if I'm going to be honest. I would be invested enough to want to know what happens next. And that's kind of what drove me, like, all the way to the end of the book, was just wanting... Like, I was caring about these people, and I wanted them to be okay. I know, I was rooting for them so hard. Like, I just needed everything to work out in the end. When something didn't go right or things were getting messed up, that was like when I had to close the book for a second because I just couldn't. <laughs> it was like, oh, no, it's falling apart. Oh, my gosh. I have, I need a second <laughs> to absorb this. <laughs> I yeah. Think maybe I just kind of power read it a little too fast in like two days. <laughs> Guilty face. So I feel like I missed on some of the attachments I would have had if I gave it like a good solid week of my attention. And just made it through and connected a little bit more because I did kind of a a power read. I power read. Okay, I didn't I didn't reveal how much I power read, but I'm going to be honest. The pacing I think I read it at was like perfect because I feel like I did grasp everything. But I did admittedly read just over half of the book today. And oh my goodness. I, I was at chapter 33 at nine o'clock, Rachel. You said oh. you were at chapter 33 at like noon today mm-hmm. <laughs> and then... I got there by 9 p.m. But then, you know, up leading up until our podcast, you know, I was, TBA. I think I really I savored say, the last bit. I had the book done like a week ago because I'm very type A. So I was prepared and I just want to make that known. I deserve some praise. I will. Okay, yes, you deserve an award and I will definitely try to do better in the future because it really, I like, I can read fast, I learned. I I didn't think I could. I just have to concentrate. See, I don't read fast. Like, I I know you read really fast because 
No, I just spend more time reading because I've seen Gabe read like 50 pages in like 20 minutes. And I'm like, what? And it takes me like an hour and a half to read the same thing. I just like spend more time doing it. I don't read very fast. I probably read for like, it probably took me like a good four hours to read half that book. Like, I think, I think that's how long all of that took me today. I really was only about like a hundred pages in last night. And I finished it today. So I guess I did like 300 That's impressive. pages today. Yeah. Well, and I you worked. Know, <laughs> Somebody I didn't, gave me an award. <laughs> I will commend the book deserves an, the, the book itself, I think, at least deserves an award for me for be for not burning me out at all because I wanted to keep True. reading. I wasn't bored ever. I just wanted to keep going and like it wasn't I wasn't exhausted. I wasn't annoyed. It was just a smooth ride. I mean, there was there was like, you know, story, drama and action and fun and stuff to be had and intrigue. But it wasn't it was like a a smooth read. Like if you want to read a she book, goes yeah. down smooth. if you want to read a whole book on a long plane ride, this is the one. Or a flight. <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely word. read an apocalyptic thing while you're way up high in the air. Just as I don't know, yeah. I would definitely read about a comet hitting the Earth while you're flying above yeah. it. When you're and not you in the just right, <laughs> just appreciate method. that. Appreciate that that's not reality while you're in the air. Can yeah, we the get font is also me? huge. Oh yeah, font yes. is huge. <laughs> no, sorry, yeah. font is huge. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Spoilers, yes. Yeah, can we get into is that? What you're spoilers? gonna say? Spoilers. spoilers. The font yes. is huge. I'm ready. Yeah, I was about to say the font yeah. is. It's huge. No, we can't say that though because spacing. I read 300 pages. I want people to think it was Bible spacing. Like, or or I want it's like to... Bible pages, Bible or font. If you were if you were Donald Trump, it would be huge. Huge. No. No, Abe is a great Donald Trump impression. I don't think I do, and I don't want to. No, but you I, do. I, I do. China. Okay, okay. China and <laughs> huge. Those are the That's only amazing. words. Can you say it's, it's China? Can you say China? It's gonna be huge. China, it's gonna be huge. <laughs> I think I don't think that was very good. But well, I'm gonna use that no, as I my alarm it. every morning. That was okay. really good. It'll be all, it'll yeah. be there for everyone to hear and use as their ringtone. I think that if we get to like an undetermined amount of followers, we have to release a soundboard of Gabe doing different impressions for people to use as their alarms. That's a great idea. There was that time I was over at Whitney's and she was playing Dragon Age 2 and I just couldn't stop <laughs> doing impressions. <laughs> oh my god, that's true. I think, I think that day I was Wait. feeling delirious for some reason, though. You did a really good John Mulani. Oh, that I don't know what he sounds like and you just said you when I was like... being nasally, yeah. you talk it like this or something and you were like, that's John Mulaney and I was like, what? I don't well, that I feel wasn't, like, but... I feel like, I know, like, but it was something like that. And I feel like I watched a stand-up special or something of his, but I don't know what he sounds like. So, Well, you did a good out. impression by accident. <laughs> okay, so spoilers. Okay. 
yeah, that was off topic, but let's get into spoilers. No, I loved it. I loved it. Can I be um, the first to say the ending was really predictable? Yes. Uh, I was pissed. I, I wasn't pissed, was but I was so disappointed. Annoyed. I was a little disappointed. <laughs> okay, mom. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Yeah, that's, um, that's how I felt. No, like, I was upset that her mom was left back on board, and I understand, Abby, her mom would have died, but her mom is so toxic. Yeah, I don't know why, they, I still to this It wasn't resolved. After it I'm wasn't finishing yeah. why they let her on board. So, I did and cry at the ending, but what made me cry was not, like, anything that happened in the plot. It was, like, one particular quote on the second to last page. Oh, where, what was it? Um, so it's her mom, like Denise is like setting her boundaries and she's like, I'm not going to eat dinner with you unless you're clean. I'm, I'm not going to spend any time with you unless you get like completely sober because her mom's addicted to drugs. I don't know if we said that. Um, and her mom was like, why are you punishing me? Like, this is how I am. Like, this is how I deal. And then Denise was like, I'm not punishing you. I'm protecting me. And that made me cry. I don't oh, know why wow. it just hit me so hard Yeah. because like, oh my God, because that was so beautiful because she never, ever would have said that before, before everything and all the growth that she had. And now she was setting boundaries for herself and it was so beautiful and I was so happy for her. That's why I cried, but I didn't like the ending. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like kind of worked out at the ending and that always makes me mad. And yeah. also like, I guess the this might be jumping ahead a little bit because there's a lot there's a lot of other stuff we could talk about but the just when you know how denise basically like max and denise i guess jointly convinced the captain and everyone on board to like pretty much go along with like a completely alternative seemingly scientifically like worlds literally worlds different of a plan and they were able to convince them and i'm like okay so all of the time that they knew the comet was gonna hit nobody thought of this before them i know yeah and like why could two 16 year olds convince a bunch of adults like that's not realistic they would have been like oh you're children yeah because like whoever thought whoever like because the fact is this novel is set in a world where it was accepted generally that it was going to be an okay idea to send only useful people to this new planet and basically abandon everyone on earth and that was just what was going to happen but then denise and max come along and they're basically like you know what what if we just orbit earth and help the people down below and then they're like i'm gonna think about it you know what that's a nice idea i haven't heard that before and i'm like the worst when okay. they were like, the smoke will be gone in like a year. And I'm like, wait, you could just peace out for a year, but you're doing like an infinitely <laughs> right stable, like, no. Like, what the hell? You're going to go to another, how far away was that planet? I don't remember. They it didn't was pretty, really say. It like, must have been pretty far. Yeah. yeah like, I also like, like, um. The existence of Max in the book kind of bothered me because it was like he was just there to be like kind of a romance with Denise, but nothing ever really happened. So they didn't like lean into the romance at all. But oh, like, I, lo- it was I appreciated like, oh, that. 
I thought it was going to ruin the well, book, if, if I'm going to be honest, and it didn't, and I was happy. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. But if you're not going to do, like, a full romance plot, I don't think there needs to be a love interest at all. It was like they, they were like, oh, female 16-year-old main character. She needs a boy to like. And I'm right. like, no. Like, that just yeah. seems so unnecessary. Stupidest was at the end when they were like, she she was going over how she imagined, like, that she would be, you know, 80 years old. With your grandchildren in space, holding a man's hand, maybe Max's. I'm maybe like, no. Max's. You talked to him three times. No. And she was just fine. And she kept thinking about like reproducing with Max. Like there was another part too where she was like, Max and I are gonna like make babies to fuel this generation ship. And I'm like, if I was 16 and I was on a generation ship and I had to like, I was just there for my uterus, I would not be as accepting as that. I would have been out of there so fast. I would have just lived on the street. Okay, yeah, and I mean, yeah. okay, this might be, this might sound a little bit insensitive, but like, just think about basically every interaction that Denise had with any other person in the book and how like people would just not respect her boundaries and would like you mm-hmm. know be off-putting to her but then when Max entered the picture it was like open for business and there was no reason yeah. to and um and Denise is a clearly a mo- like so intelligent that like I did not believe that this this i don't know what to uh, what do you what's what do you call a love interest in a book that's basically made to be like this that seems cart like so perfect in a cartoony way that must have a name where it's like you feel um, like the author was inserting like their dream like partner like in cutter. the book yeah like i know what you mean but i don't i don't know i feel like i'm being for it but i'm sorry if if that sounds accusatory i just really feel like he was written in there to be literally as adorable as possible like a cute puppy dog of a character and i don't believe that denise would have just dropped all of her boundaries and basically been like you know all of her any of her issues with like physical touch and all that just went out the window pretty much when it came to him being all close to her and stuff and i was like girl what's going on like hello maybe that was also supposed to be her like just being maybe that was some sort of line of being like yes she's autistic and has a lot of different issues that that a lot of people don't face but she also like is 16 and has crushes on people i don't know well, yeah, she she went into detail at one point in the book about like, or actually, I feel like more than once about her experience with boys and like Max is very clearly a very accepting, open-minded person and character. But but she never seemed against the boys. She just eventually was like, it made me awkward, so I left. Well, I was thinking about the t- the part of the book where she was like saying that I think she was might have said when she was at like a school dance or something and like the guys would come and flirt with her and then when they realized that she wasn't what they wanted they would just move on and do the same thing to the next girl Mm -hmm. like nearby and she was she seemed very cynical about boys and the fact that max basically like changed everything for her like he he just literally walked in and was like, hi, I'm, I'm going to be nice. And then, and then she was like, she, she was like, you were nice to me before, 
that uh she said that like she was like you were nice to me before this part of the story which i think was near the beginning Mm -hmm. and he was like i don't know what you mean by that but okay (laughs) and and i don't know it was just like kind of uncomfortable to read well i thought it was (laughs) kind of stupid that like what flung the book into its climax if you will was them her being like fine i'm just gonna stay on earth then and he was like no no i felt like that took you been i feel like the climax already happened by then by that point i was like is this the epilogue is she literally just gonna stay on earth now and that's gonna be the end and they're just gonna watch the ship fly away i probably would have preferred that honestly over what actually ended up happening even though i would have been upset i would have felt it I was actually really worried because this isn't a series that we were going to get like a Hunger Games epilogue at the end where it was like 10 years in the future and it was her and Max with like their three kids running around. Like, oh my I'm goodness, so if that happened, get that. I, I mean, would have, no, no, maybe I could have accepted that in a form, but literally I felt like the plot with her mom should have been more fleshed out because really like as you were saying earlier by the end of the book she's like i don't like these are the boundaries you need to get clean but literally like i just feel like the the ways throughout the book that she would like go back to the airport repeatedly to give her mom resources because denise truly cared about her mom and all that and wanted her to be okay um and the the amount of times in general that denise would be leaving the ship to go out of her way to like get in harm's way it was like it was just one of those like frustrating story things where it's just like the care the protagonist is just pushing their luck repeatedly and because it's like you know a sci-fi fiction book you can just you know she has plot armor the whole time and it's just like she's oh she won't die she like it's it's okay like no human would reasonably think that this was a good idea um but Every like, you know, the amount of times she almost died <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. to like give her mom things and the amount of drama it caused on the ship uh, to. And then by the end of the her mom gets led on the ship and she's like, oh, I don't want to no, go away. And then it's like, I didn't see my mom at all anymore. And then basically like the book ended and I was like, uh, OK, all right. Yeah. That's a little intense. You know. I feel kind of bad for her mom. Like she needs, I mean, I guess Iris is, wait, no, Iris isn't there because Iris is on the planet. So she doesn't, her mom doesn't even have Iris for emotional support. So that's kind of sad. Like, I don't know. Her mom just wasn't, she wasn't that toxic, but she was pretty toxic. But like, I just felt like the warmth Denise showed for her. She was very toxic. What are you talking about? It was very toxic. It was the end of the world. Um, and she's like, I'm just going to be high. We'll get back to the end of the world later. I just felt like it reached a point with Denise where like she had done so much for her mom and had given her mom so many chances. Like even when they were first let on the ship and the rules were like, don't eat anything and don't shower. And like a day after her mom showers and they both get kicked off. Like, her mom is so selfish and has, like, never taken into account Denise's feelings that I don't think that was too harsh. I don't think that was unprecedented. Well, I felt it's bad like, when... Yes. Um, and then she made her smuggle her on. 
Yeah, that was disgusting. That made me so angry. Wait, did she make her like, do don't that? Ask. Well, she guilted her into like, begged her too. I thought Iris came up with that idea. Am well, I tripping? Um, no, her mom came up with the idea, and then Iris was like, "We have to do it," because she, her mom, guilted her. Oh, and, and then and then at first Denise was like, "No, we should not do that." Are you crazy? And then literally three pages later, is like, "Yeah, let's do it." <laughs> I know. And I was yeah, there was so much of that though, like her yeah. back and forthing on everything, and I was like, maybe if with a little some better pacing, that would have been okay. But it kind of felt like when a TV show is just trying to pad the length a little bit by going back and forth on things. Yeah. Um, but not a huge complaint, but I that's, that's just something I noticed, especially, you know, the ending situation was like, do I stay on the ship or do I go on the planet? I'm getting dragged off by guards, but oh, wait, I want to stay on the ship. But actually, no, I want to go with Iris. And I'm like, ah! It was a lot. No. <laughs> and like... Like Rachel mentioned earlier with um, with like the whole thing, the whole thing that drove Denise was trying to find Iris. And she was like, I need to find my sister. I need to find my sister. And like, I thought that was going to be like a whole thing. And she's going to have to like go find her. And then she stumbles upon her sister at a playground like that is like a perfect example of an author trying to like tie things up perfectly with a bow to make everything work. And remember, was like, it wasn't just any playground. It was like the park, wasn't it? That like she organized like festivals in or something. Yeah, it was it it was sentimental too. Yeah, I'm like, that is so like what? Dumb. Dumb <laughs> I know, that was a little unbelievable. Yeah. You know what? I was you know what would have been great though? Like like you know what? What if like Iris was the overarching like mystery of the whole thing like what if we didn't even meet her until like the last bit of the book or something and we got a lot more flashbacks or something like or not like they, they were written more like you know denise recounting events like with the whole you know the discussing iris's transition um you know when they were growing up as children that was an amazing part of the book i thought and if we had yeah. like more of, yeah i agree honestly i would have felt you know rude with denise i would have been more invested had i been told these like recollections maybe earlier on about like just why is iris so great you know why are you going yeah why are you risking mm -hmm. your life so much to go find her because it's like literally from like the second page of the book she's like we need to go get iris and that's like the the focus but then she's introduced halfway through the book and you're like yeah. oh hello <laughs> i know it would have been way more intense if we didn't meet her till closer to the end and everything you just said happened. But then at the end, it was kind of like a conflict of interest. Like, yeah. I thought like, it I was. But she was like, no, we're saving these people. And that was more of a divide because I still couldn't tell. Like it was like the very last minute when Iris was like, I wasn't going to go anyway. It's like, how dare you lie to me? I feel like it would have been a bigger divide if like, she was going to get those blue bins or whatever they were called. The that, barrels. Um, the barrels that um, blue bins is recycling. Everybody recycle. <laughs> <laughs> so the blue barrels. Um, and then she finally finds them and it's her sister and her sister won't give them up. And she's like, but I need it for mom. And she's like, no, we need it for everybody. Like that would have been more like intense head to head with the sister that you love. That's kind of what I thought was going to happen. And then it would like, not really. 
it was yeah. it was just it's like the ending softened the blow that that could have potentially had um because with all of this build up to like wanting to go find iris i'm like well she must just be like this excellent sister like man like this better be worth it and wouldn't it have been interesting if like during that time that catastrophe what if iris drastically changed as a person and like denise like didn't even recognize her anymore something like that and then us Mm -hmm. is and then with those flashbacks that hypothetically i would have liked to see more of maybe would have made me go oh my goodness i can't believe that that nice pure character turned into this or something and then i think it would have been more interesting especially at the end yeah another thing i wanted to mention too was i felt that max's mom whose name we don't know how to say i think it's um i was not see i was doing that's how i was saying it in my head but okay so i'm just gonna say onk um she was like a little unrealistic of a villain it was like she existed just to be like the world's biggest asshole to denise like i literally pictured her as like an evil witch i don't know why because everything she did was just so like Mm -hmm. like so mean yeah and the way that like like, she was described was a little cartoony yeah yeah so i was like why like there's no depth it's just like oh this mean lady hates me like i kind of understood it when um oh i forget her name was it miriam Mm-hmm. max's sister yeah when max's sister died i kind of understood his mom's anger a little bit more but it was like too much and too unrealistic i was yeah. like you're you are a a two-dimensional villain <laughs> mm, yeah. yeah i mean i kind of thought it was uh like an, it was a good choice i thought though because it was sort of like you know how you were expecting you could have gotten this version of the book where maybe Max and Denise were like totally in a huge romance and like it ruined the story or something. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was very interesting that like it was kind of like mother versus mother, like of the this these two supposed love interests. And like because of that conflict, like it definitely played a part in why that romance didn't happen. and. It felt like it was just very an Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. It, and I, I don't know. I wouldn't expect that in this story, like at all. Like I didn't expect that at all. And I kind of really, because I, I, by the end of the book, I wasn't convinced that like, I don't think things are going to get less awkward between Max and Denise, or maybe that's just me, but I feel like things are got a little weird <laughs> to say the least. And it's going to take some time before they can really, you know, think about making babies or something. So I just thought it was (laughs) kind of interesting for um, to have like the mother of the other love interest be this sudden like of this pure cute puppy dog boy that she's in love with to be like a venomous, heartless, you know, tight lipped smile lady as was like literally written in the book at one point <laughs> yeah yeah i agree also i had to put the 
the book down at one point because of a particularly disturbing scene. Do you know the one I'm referring to? Uh, I don't know. Near the Maybe. end of the book. So it was the flashback when Denise is like talking about um, working at the vet when they had to put down all the cats. Oh, I was okay. so emotional. That was yeah. ter- That was so sad. Oh my gosh. It was too much. Oh, like I could not read it. It was so hard. That would happen. And I just like it would because if like was... you can't just release them. If there was any realistic thing in that book, it was that. Like, that was upsetting. and It was horrible. Oh, I would be taking my cats with me. Like, you can pry them from my cold, dead hands. Oh, my gosh. And, like, the way that she was, like, naming them off and, like, the, the things that would soothe them. And she was just I like, know. no, I had, to, I had to keep my composure and just kept my mouth shut and almost cried many times. Mm-mm. Yeah. That was oh, I'm gonna horrible. cry. I can't even like think about it. Yeah, that, that was like some crystal she clear just... sad imagery right there. I know, and she kept saying how much she loved cats and that there were none left. And I was like, what what are you gonna do without cats? I know. I know. That's you need, you need cats. But uh, yeah, and at the at I'm the same sad. time though, like you know, when I was saying earlier, why didn't these generation ship people think of this? you know, much more forgiving idea of, you know, orbiting Earth and supporting the people that remain. You know, it could have thrown a couple cats in the shelter, given them some yeah. scraps, and, you know, let them run, let, let them run wild when the, uh, when the water goes down, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I mean, food is scarce, and they, did, they said that people would, she did point out that the people would probably hunt the cats for food. <laughs> And I'm like, you know, cats are, they, they reproduce quite a bit. So if you just let out like a couple dozen cats and then let, let them be for a bit, you might have a lot of cats eventually. And maybe. They did mention. Yeah. Maybe, oh, I was going to say, maybe there'd be so many that you could still hunt some cats. <laughs> no. <laughs> it did mention like very briefly that like some shelters and ships allowed pets so what? that gives me hope I didn't yeah it was very that. brief it was like a sentence and that gives me hope that there are cats and dogs and they will reproduce and cats will be abundant again yeah because we can't not have cats especially if they're no. going to try to re- rebuild earth you can't whoa That's i just thought devastating there's like no animals left and not what i don't know how addressed that was but there's like literally there were like oh, it was dead there are dead birds and shit everywhere but like i don't remember um it's just kind of like i'm trying to imagine like what happens if there's no ecosystem <laughs> how do you rebuild well, earth <laughs> i was a little bit confused because of course it hit over in europe right that's where it actually hit yes so yeah. I want to know what's going on on the other side of the world. Were they obliterated? Were they like yeah. only half obliterated? Are they just like we're they fine, our cows have, are safe? Like it must have had a big impact on like North America and stuff too, because otherwise they would have just been like, "Okay, we're going over there for a bit, and then we'll come back." They just didn't mention <laughs> like, anything. Like, what about Northern Russia? Were they just like, "Yep, we're fine." I mean, like, generation ships. I don't Didn't know. they all leave like in generation ships prior to this last one? And well, not everybody. 
Well, yeah, I they mean... left it. Well, all of the ships had left before that one. But like, why is that the first option instead of just like going to a different part of the world for a bit? Like the other part of the world would have been safer, even if it still was bad. It's true. Yeah. Like, what if? Imagine yeah. if they built the like. You know, they said they were making a bunch of shelters. Like, what if they just made like a like a handful of gigantic decent shelters in like Antarctica? <laughs> true. Yeah. I don't know that. Like, this is a, that is a hypothetical situation, and we don't know what they would do, but um there is I don't know. actually i rolled a... with it i rolled with it yeah yeah when i was looking up this book on goodreads um this is a standalone book but there is a short story that the author published in an anthology of other short stories that takes place in this world you can Ooh. apparently read like either of them separately but i need to get my hands on that anthology because i want a little more like lore of this world i guess i want to know I what's yeah going i totally on. do i felt like there was a lot of potential with that there's so much more which is why I, th I thought it could be like a trilogy if it wanted to except i feel like yeah. maybe that would diminish like the takeaways from this one if it was um yeah but I, I mean i do appreciate i, I am invested yeah i appreciate a sci-fi or fantasy standalone because we like rarely get those but mm -hmm. at the same time i feel like if this was a series, I would have to continue because I want to know what happens. And I think I would appreciate a sequel. <laughs> yeah. And especially when it's like kind of, a, you know, a cutting. A, OK, I don't read a lot of books, so it might be hilarious of me to say this. But if it's kind of this cutting edge sci fi, like young adult book with this much diversity in it, like, you know, I think it deserves to have more. But you know what? This this author, she wrote more books. So you know what? Yeah. You can probably just find more there in a different story. Apparently, all her other books are very diverse as well. I was investigating. Oh, I So imagine. I definitely want to read more from her. Yeah, I would be interested in that, too, because I'd really like to see how she writes a different character. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you guys rate this book out of five? Well, Three. I already know what you rated it. Yeah. I gave it, so I gave it a four on Goodreads because you can't give 0.5 on Goodreads. But the more I think about it, I think it's like when I was initially reading the book, I was like, oh, this is like a solid three star. And then like I started to like it a little bit more, but I think I'm going to settle my rating at like 3.5. I can agree with that. I would say a 3.5, maybe a 3.75 yeah. or a, yeah, um, it's definitely a 7 like, out of 10. Yeah, like a 3, 4, just in that vicinity. Because I, I think I really liked it and I feel like I, we, I think we all complained a lot and I don't want that to come across as that this wasn't a good book and that it bothered me, but no, because I thought it was yeah, really good. I, yeah, I think the plot was a little a little wonky, but I think the characters really made up for it and the relationships made it. up for it. Yeah, Definitely worth absolutely. It. I what think... about you? Yeah. What about you, Rach? I said three on that one. I, I got to settle with the yeah. same one. Like they the characters were really interesting to read about, but nothing really happened. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, the ship didn't need I expected more action. I know. What the heck? There were no babies. Did nothing happen? I wanted. At least wanted to in the air. Yeah. Yeah. They just kept going. Like the deck is down. The deck is up. The deck is down. The deck is up. And I'm like, oh my. I kind of, I kind of went into it knowing that the ship doesn't take off, or at least that like the majority of the book takes place on Earth. So I like accepted that going in. And I don't know, it didn't bother me that much because I kind of just knew like this is where our story is going to be and there was a lot to tell. Um, but of course, there were those undeveloped things that uh, and things that just didn't really make that much sense. But overall, wonderful characters, r- interesting writing, very vibrant imagery. And I think anybody interested in anything we talked about regarding this book should read it because it's quick. Agree. I think it was a very good pick for like our first official book club because there's like a lot to talk about. I I didn't think I would have this much to talk about. Honestly, I was kind of worried. I thought I was going to be like, it was good and then stop. And you know what? There's a lot to pack, unpack with that one. Yeah. Yeah. So now we are on to the final segment. Question, question. Questions with Whitney. Love it. Um, so this question is a little bit boring, but I wanted to like tie it into the book somehow, and I was really brainstorming for a book-related question. Oh, um, I know an I easy like... one. <laughs> What's your easy one? Oh, mine was like... <laughs> um... No, stop laughing, because if you picked the one I picked, I'm going to be embarrassed. Oh, well, like, I was thinking it as soon as I read, like, got to that part. I was, like, thinking, like, what would I do? Um, Would you, in Denise's shoes, choose to stay on the ship or go with your sister and stay on the Earth, assuming that the ship was going to another planet? Would you leave your drug-addicted mother and sister behind? Oh, that's not the one I had, but we should answer that one, too. I would definitely stay on Earth for my own selfish reasons, because space is scary. I would go to space, I, sadly. I would stay on the <laughs> ship, because I I relate to Denise a lot, and I think that I would need the ship, and I'm not cut out to survive on my own on the Earth. Oh, yes. Like, it, the the way it was, the, that world was very, it sounded really nasty and unpleasant to, you know, stay there. So it's like, I was just like, oh, I would be on Earth living in filth, being like, oh, if only I had accepted that offer to stay on that generation ship. And then I thought, like, the regret I would experience on the ship, it would be something I'd just have to come to terms with, of being selfish and abandoning my family. And I'd be sad about it. But I'd have to get over it, and I wouldn't. Yeah. Probably regret it. I would hopefully. stay hundred percent. Because he'd probably die after like a year. <laughs> yeah, or you die as soon as your spaceship blows up in space because it's space. See, I love space, and I would go to space like in an instant. Yeah, opportunity to go to a new planet. I'm taking it. Nope. Like I would do mm-hmm. anything. I would kill to go. Have an opportunity to I would be on kill a, to, to go visit another Earth. planet. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, you're like scrappy. You could make it. I'm scrappy. <laughs> yeah, like you could survive. 
Wait, you know how to wait, skin wait, animals. Like, <laughs> but there's no you animals. Do. Okay, I you do. You took lessons. But I you actually, can like hike. Yeah, for Christmas I'm getting like a a winter sleeping bag. Exactly. Oh. You got this. I don't because I hate being the slightest bit uncomfortable. I like temperatures to be nice, to be in a comfortable level. So you guys that's, can be on your tabs up in space and I'll just be chilling in the yeah. ground. Whitney, what was that. your question? Oh, so my question was a little bit more boring than that. Um, so Wow, okay. If you, if you got an alert that the world was ending and you only had a few hours to prepare, like in this situation, comet hitting, um, what would you put in your safe and what would you put in your backpack? And you can't go to the store, so it has to be stuff that you own right now. I would put in survival stuff just like in my backpack. Genuinely curious. Like, do you have put, survival stuff though? Like, yeah. So I would put like okay. the warm blankets and the flint knife. And also my book on how to stay alive in the woods. And <laughs> I would bring camping gear as far as like warm sleeping bag, um, waterproof jackets, waterproof boots, extra socks. Um, and then see, I don't have any food that I could keep. But if I'm in your backpack or you're safe. That was all my backpack. That's not my back. You don't have any like granola bars lying around? No, but or cereal? I will after this conversation. A can of soup? <laughs> no. See, I, I have, have like, none of that stuff. Mouth. Yeah. Like I don't have anything that you just mentioned, so I'd be like fucked. I'd bring like a butter knife. What about <laughs> like instant noodles? You could eat them dry and I'd excuse it in that situation. <laughs> in that one situation. <laughs> Don't roast me for my food preferences anymore. It's an you apocalypse. Love end of the world apocalypse. That, I said food. I'd excuse it because it, it's no, the apocalypse. Well, I'll it's dry, dry, but like I'm, I'm very picky. <laughs> and you eat um, Mr. Noodles, so. Yeah, because I don't like the texture of the wet ones. Anyway, <laughs> what about you, Gabe? <laughs> Wait, did Rachel even say what she's putting in her safe, though? Um, oh yeah, what do you shove in your safe? Probably like food and like drugs, but not like illicit drugs, just like things that you'd want in the end of times <laughs> and uh, like not Tylenol. Like I, if I had time, I would have if I had like a doomsday closet, I would have been stocking up on things like codeine and just stuff like that. <laughs> and I have Tylenol three. I'm bringing okay. that in Jolly Ranchers and we're making some lean happening. I would probably be ridiculous and have liquor in my safe because you just, if the world's ending, well, like, that's important because you got to clean your, you got to clean your cuts. Nope. That would be for my stomach to be ingested. You could just buy regular rubbing alcohol to put in your safe for disinfectant and then have vodka separately for drinking. Mm hmm. And then if something really bad happened and you really needed extra disinfectant, I guess you'd have some extra vodka you could use if you really needed to. So I'd probably get rubbing alcohol and actual drinking alcohol in my mm -hmm. safe. Yeah. A lot of it in both versions. Yeah. How big is my safe? Oh, I would have a flask in my backpack as well. It's stressful. I don't want to be just like... We need water too, so. Oh yeah, water. So maybe have a separate one for water. 
and then not label them and be confused each time and do like a roulette situation. <laughs> Don't know which yeah. flask is water. Balance, balance your day out, you know, mm-hmm. just keep a buzz rolling, but stay hydrated. Whitney, what would you put you, in your backpack? Do you own a life straw? Me? Yeah. No. Oh, I feel like you what would. Is that? I feel like you should. Oh, it's just like this straw that you can put in like dirty water and it filters it and then you can drink it. You can that also sounds really good. do a thing where you get these little tabs that you put in your water and it like totally cleans it within a matter of a few minutes. So it's any because the life straws are really good for like actual physical things to clean, but it doesn't always get rid of bacteria. So that's what the tabs oh, are good yeah. for. So if you have like sitting water and you're like, I need to drink this swamp got like gunky water, you put a tab in it and then it makes it drinkable. Well, that's well, I, I don't even believe that. I'd have to see it with my own eyes. It's a thing. In my backpack, I would put both of my cats and a shit ton of cat food and a lot of leggings and fuzzy socks and um, leggings are good apocalypse clothes i don't think but that's all i want to wear what is i don't have anything better what if it's cold that's why lots of leggings so i can wear like seven pairs don't (laughs) leggings rip easily okay my cats this is why you're going on the ship. Yeah, Whitney's on the ship. Don't worry. Yeah. You're going to space because this yeah. is not your thing. Absolutely not. I hate camping and I hate being outside. <laughs> so what Whitney takes away of On the Edge of Gone, I hate camping. Yeah, I do. I do. I, what else would I bring? I would bring like dry shampoo. <laughs> that is a good choice. I didn't even pack soap in mine. So you're leagues ahead of mine. Oh, I had a me. I'd bring I bring a bring... toothbrush. That's Tooth a good one. No, you would bring like 700 toothbrushes. I would. I do change my toothbrush too often. You would probably need a new one every time in the apocalypse, even though that would be extremely impractical. And then you'd run out and you would just want to die. True. It's true. Um, What else would fit in my backpack? Like food but like just a lot of cat food so that my cats can eat it and then like I can eat it too like canned tuna mm-hmm. um a litter box <laughs> they could just I go know. anywhere I just want to bring books too like I'd want to bring all my favorite books I'm just gonna have to bring fill them in my safe yeah fill up an e-reader it's yeah. all safe space and then, yeah in my safe, I would put, I don't know, I guess alcohol, <laughs> Tylenol. Or trash people. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm more thinking of it for, like, trading. Like, if I can trade yeah. a bottle. Oh, that's why I thought of them. Of, the Drew. Yeah, like, yeah, for, like, a fucking jet ski. Like, I'm all for that. <laughs> um... Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm like, let's be real. If the apocalypse hits, like, I'm out of here. Like, we're, I'm not making it. Like, I've accepted death. Just okay. Someone needs to take care of my cats. So here's what's going in my bag. I have a stash, as you know, of lots of bars of soap. So all of that's coming with me because 
Yeah. You know, feeling clean would make a world of difference. And all you need is a source of water and a bar of soap. And I think that's probably fine. Um, I probably, you know, you'd probably want to just have like a towel. Just yeah. with you. You can wash it with your bar of soap if you get it nasty or something. Might not be able to get a blood stain out of it. Um, you know, I'd probably put a small amount of like, you know, bleach in my safe for some purpose to clean things up. I just want to stay really clean, you know, so you could just put some soap in there. Um, I definitely like bring like a razor blade with a bunch of extra blades to shave my face with because that would suck if I had to deal with my itchy lack of beard that's pretty ugly when it grows oh, out. I always, so, yeah, I always so think about I that. Like if I were like, that. yeah, if I were like stranded on an island or if it was the apocalypse, I'd be so annoyed that I couldn't like cut my hair and then it would just keep growing and it would be so irritating. Oh, I would love yeah. that. And uh, well, I guess. What if you, you didn't know, have I'd a hair tie? I'd make one. Girls got to tie your hair. No. You can just use an elastic. Yeah, I don't know. No, what if you don't have elastics. an elastic? Like you don't you have. You probably anything. find one somewhere. I'll braid one out of like tree branches. You can just find trash everywhere, and there'd probably be an elastic eventually. Um, there, I would definitely do the alcohol thing. I would, I would probably bring a little bit with me, and then have some in the safe. Um, I'd have, I'd stock up on those portable like phone chargers <laughs> that just hold like. And like enough juice to charge 10% of your battery over the course of several hours. Um, and I'd shove a million of those in my safe and then maybe a couple in my, well, in case my bag got water damaged, I should probably keep it pretty like not full of electronic. Um, I try to bring my cat with me, but I don't know if that's going to go over so well. Make it happen. He kind of stupid. <laughs> He is very he, stupid. He cute and he'd probably follow me, but I think he would like there would be I would be like, I'm sorry, I don't have any more food. <laughs> you have to go get some and he wouldn't know how. I think one of my cats, Apples, would be the best. Like she would help me survive. She is yeah, a she'd street be a hunting cat. dog. She would bring you yeah. a bird to eat, roast over a fire. Oh, yeah, it would be like the apocalypse and like shit is happening. And she's like, I'm just going to like go chill over here. Bye. She would carry like she... a pigeon by the neck to you. Yeah. Like a whole yeah, pigeon. Yeah, she would. <laughs> she would. <laughs> it's true. Anyway, that was our episode. Yeah, that was a long one, but it was fun. Yeah. I'm so glad that we are back. And we can record mm -hmm. this remotely. And this was a lot of fun. I really love doing the book club because it's so much fun to talk about books with people. And what book are we Little. doing next? Oh, we are doing um, The Alchemist. Yes. And I am pumped because it's who wrote short. It? I'm just kidding. Tell, tell us who the author is. I was avoiding because I don't know how to say the name and I didn't want to embarrass myself again. But you can't not say the name because there's more. It's a there's classic. Definitely more. 
There's more than one book called The Alchemist, for sure. Okay, I'm going to try my best, but don't yell at me to apologize if I get it wrong. Well, you should just apologize anyway. Well, I wish I could look this up. Okay, so it's by Paulo Colho. Colo? I'm not, I don't see it in front of me, so I'll accept it. Paulo Colo. Sure, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, let's Stop just go. Making... Yeah, we can go with that. We can go with that. Stop making me pronounce them. Anyway, that's our next book. It's very short. I don't know why I'm showing you. I'm not making a video. Um, and that one will probably be out like end of January-ish. We don't have a date set yet, but that's what I'm going to assume. Um, we don't own it yet. Well, Whitney does, but me and Gabe don't. I do. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I hope everyone is being safe and having a good holiday season. I am Whitney. You can find me on Twitter at Wit and Wisdoms and on my YouTube channel at Wit and Wisdom. And I would love to have you. You can find Rach here on Twitter um, at Abrams Records. And I'm actually now listed as MC Hot Waffle underneath there. So you can see I, I, I really saw that. update that. Love it. Saw that. You're welcome. I'm wit or wonderland right now because it's Christmas. I am, I am Gabe and you can follow me at board seed on Twitter. And I would just want to remind you definitely go watch Freeman's mind on YouTube. Listen to you my brother, too. my brother and me. I will, but no legit go watch Freeman's mind. It's so funny. Only if you watch or <laughs> listen to five episodes of my brother, my brother and me. Okay. I'll put it on while I, while and, I, while I and, get ready for bed. Thank you. And watch little women. Okay, that's a deal. And um, then you can ask me about yeah. it later. I will. And follow our official Twitter at Blanket Fort Book. Um, I'm gonna make it a point to start using that more. And maybe we'll post some things. <laughs> I don't know what. And I'll, <laughs> and I'll pay Whitney to post offensive things or controversial tweets, as I no. love to do. Can't wait. Thanks she for usually doesn't. Everybody, <laughs> thank you for coming out. Support the team, babe. Thank you for being here. We are so happy. We are your friends. Just, yep. Just, we, yes. Goodbye. <laughs> All right. Bye. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye. Okay, bye.